2020 episode 76. Have 2020 Vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton, your host of Ion 2020, your place that you're coming on a daily basis for the news and events and the things that are happening with regards to this 2020 election. I certainly do appreciate you guys coming out and listening every single day. I do this Monday through Friday for you. Uh, even when I'm on a cruise, like I've said all week, uh, cruise is probably winding, winding down by now. It is Thursday, and uh, I did go ahead and pre-record a bunch of episodes for you so that I would have... Uh, that Monday through Friday spot filled for you the entire time that I was gone. So uh, appreciate you hanging in there with me. And I think I have a pretty good show for you, though. I did a little bit of research on Howard Schultz, and also I saw that he was on uh, Fox News. And he had a, he had a uh, town hall a couple of weeks back, and that's what I did. I actually put together a few clips for you as well to go through because I think that there's something going on with this guy. And I think that, I mean, if he does decide to run, I think I see where his strategy is going to be. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about today. Um, but anyway, hopefully by now I am uh, starting to sober up on the cruise. And uh, I'll be back on Saturday. And then um, for you guys, I'll be back to the news and all these events and stuff like that for uh, for Jan coming up on Monday as well. And uh, go ahead, if you can, though, subscribe to the show and give me a five-star rating and review. And then you can also check me out on uh my webpage, which is ionthempire.com, and there you'll find all of uh, the news events that I kind of cover as well, as well as you could go ahead and go to Twitter, and you could co- follow me at ionthempire also. So let's go ahead and jump into the Howard Schultz town hall that he had on Fox News a few weeks back. So I don't know if you guys really spent any time watching this town hall. I noticed a couple of, on a couple of libertarian sites that I'm members of on Facebook, some people were, I guess they were paying attention to this particular town hall back when it was on a couple of weeks back, and uh, just because they were saying, Howard Schultz is running for president, question mark, question mark, question mark, and I had a few people that were kind of mentioning that as well, and I don't think he announced, he didn't necessarily announce during this thing, but he's definitely making a decision on it, and he said by the about the middle of the summer, beginning of the summer or so, he'll have made his final decision whether he's going to run or not. I think that's going to be right before all these de- debates happen. Now, he's not going to run as a Democrat. He's going to run as an independent if he decides to run. That's what they're saying. But I wonder if he will decide to run as a Democrat. And the reason why is if Joe Biden does not get in, uh, he could be like a good middle ground kind of guy. And he's already getting the publicity that he that he wants um, going into 2020 right now. He's starting to get uh, on. He's been on multiple t- town halls. He's been interviewed multiple times on TV, and he also wrote a book a couple months back about, I guess, his vision for America and his vision for growing America's middle class and helping the poor and all that stuff. So uh, I wonder if he is going to 
see if Joe Biden's going to get in and decide whether he's going to go the Democrat or the Republican route. I guess he's going to go the Republican route, but if he's going to go the Democrat route or if he's going to go the independent route. I think the way that it sounded like on this town hall, though, is that he really is going to try to go the independent route because he's looking at it from the standpoint of the Democrats are on this side, the Republicans are on that side. There's no in-between between these guys. There's no middle ground. There's no room for uh, negotiation on anything. It's either the Democrats can't let Donald Trump win or Donald Trump can't let the Republicans win, or the Democrats win. And it's the same way whenever Barack Obama was there, the Republicans could not let him get a win, and Obama could not let the Republicans get a win no matter what. It was just a matter of bickering back and forth. It was like a, a schoolyard fight type thing. And he's saying that it's a broken system right now, the two-party system that we have, that somebody needs to come in and fix it, and he's that guy. I guess that's kind of the gist of why he's running and that's the gist of why he's going to run as an independent. And I think that he is kind of feeling out whether he can win. So my my key takeaways from the debate are that he's just kind of running as a middle ground kind of guy that's going to kind of try to bring people together. And he has some pragmatic views on some of the issues, you know, he's like, he's saying, yeah, I'm kind of on the middle here, but I kind of want to raise some taxes on the, on the wealthy people. Maybe we shouldn't have had, um, the tax, de- the taxes decreased on the wealthy and on the corporations. We should have stuck with that 25, 26% tax, bra- tax bracket or more for corporate corporations. And then, you know, had like a 40% tax on the wealthy. And, uh, I mean, he, he's really, being trying to be pragmatic in his views because most people in America are just middle class people and that he's trying to go for that independent group that's that that feels that way. He's trying to be kind of a a populist in his message, it sounded like to me. But my main takeaway from that from this particular uh, f- from the whole town hall that he did is what I want to get into right now. So let me go ahead and play the first clip for you. And you'll see where I'm talking about, where he's just trying to be kind of like the middle ground kind of guy. Closing statement I was going to make, but I think it's apropos. So it's March Madness. Everyone knows Monday night is a big game. Okay, so this week, Tom Izzo is from Michigan State, someone I went to school with. He was being interviewed, and he was asked, what kind of kids do you recruit for Michigan State? And he said there's three kinds of kids. Kids who like it, kids who love it and kids who live it. I recruit kids who live it. Ladies and gentlemen, what we need to do as Americans is we need to start living, living our values. We need to start recognizing that we are in this together. Every problem that we have can be solved if we come together as a nation. We are all Americans. We're here tonight, Republicans, Democrats, Independents. Remember I said no hate zone. This can be done. We can solve our problems and come together. Do you, do you agree with me? Thank you, Mr. Schultz. We appreciate- so, yeah, listen to that applause right at the end, right? He said we need to live our values. We're going to come together. We're Republicans. We're Democrats. We're independents in this audience. And we need to come together uh, as Americans and live our values. So he's really going that middle ground road. He's really being the guy that's going to be like the 
the savior for the, the the two kids that are fighting in the corner. He's going to come and separate those two those two kids, obviously Democrats and Republicans, and he's going to be the person that's going to come and you know help Americans to live their values, live their you know, and bring a, bring everyone together. So he's going that middle road, and that's a populist message. That's something that's going to appeal to a lot of people. And if he can really get that message out there, I think it's a I think it's a good issue from the run on. I don't know if he would win. I don't know if he would take more from the Republicans and more from the Demo- or more from the Democrats than he would from the Republicans. That's something that I'm, I'm I'm not exactly sure about. They say that the reason why the Republicans would want a Schultz in there is because he's a Democrat. He's going to speak to the Democrats better, uh, and take more Democrats away from the Democratic nominee if he ran as an independent. And then you have, but. It's possible that he can take a lot of those blue-collar workers that are on the Donald Trump side as well, those people that helped Donald Trump to get over the edge last time. But So he's going that middle road, but I think there's, a, there's two more clips that I have for you, and these ones are the one, things that are telling to me that are going to see where he really lies because he's for... You know, helping out the poor through the through the federal government. He wants to increase taxes on the wealthy. He says we do have to address um, the third rail, which is you know the entitlement reform and so forth. He did talk about that, and I think his his message on entitlement reform was to make it so that you know the very wealthy. So it's a means means tested for people to get their social security check. So if you're I don't know if you have X amount of dollars in the bank, then somehow you would not be able to get a social security check because even like warren buffett gets a social security check so i think those are like reasonable things in his mind to offer up as solutions to the problems so he's trying to be that reasonable guy the reasonable person in the middle and so forth but um my challenge with him is this and i think what he's trying to do is he's well, let me just play the first clip and then and then I'll kind of explain afterwards because I think that he knows where the money is going to come from. And and he knows who he has to pander to in order to get the Republican vote. He knows it. And he that's the National Review people, guys. That's the neoconservatives. And let me play the clips and then you'll see what I'm talking about. She pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal. Yeah. If you're president, do you go back in? Well, I, I, I disagree with the president not only on pulling out of the Iran deal, but in doing so, uh, uh, pulling our troops out of Syria, which relates to both Iran and Russia. I think uh, that decision, that strategic decision in pulling out of Syria was... A- you know he hasn't done that yet. Well, he's announced it. He's announced, he's announced a lot of things, but uh, I, I think he announced today that he's thinking of or planning to uh, close down the southern border, which would cost Americans a lot of money. But nevertheless, he did say he was going to pull troops out of, out of Syria. The, the, the problem with that, the real problem is, in doing so, he provides Russia and Iran a significant stronghold in the Middle East that is very, very dangerous. And, so, and also, the falsehood that we had defeated ISIS is not true. And so we should be doing everything we can to fight ISIS and be in Syria so that we do not allow those people to come here. But do you go back into the Iran nuclear deal? I would, I would discuss that uh, with my advisors uh, and, and, and make that decision. But I would, I would not have pulled us out of the Iran deal. I think that was a strategic mistake. 
Next question. Okay, so as you see, he supports staying in Syria. He is against Donald Trump pulling out of Syria. Typically, Democrats in the past have been anti-war. Typically, Democrats in the past have been sort of against foreign intervention in some ways, right? That's what they talk about. I mean, you have the 60s anti-war movement, 60s and 70s anti-war movement against Vietnam, and those are the hardcore liberals, the older hardcore liberals today. Um, but he clearly says he's against Donald Trump pulling out of Syria. And then Brett Baer, who's the Fox News host, jumps to Donald Trump's defense and says, well, he hasn't pulled out yet. So even the Republicans are trying to defend Donald Trump on this thing, right? Even the conservatives and the neoconservatives at Fox News are trying to defend him on this saying, oh no, he didn't try to pull out, or he didn't pull out yet. It hasn't come to come to pass yet. And then Schultz jumps in and says, well, he already announced that he wants to do it. And I don't think that we should. Russia has a presence there. Iraq, or Iran is going to have a presence there. They're going to have a foothold in the Middle East that they otherwise should not have, right? Um, so what he's doing in that way is he's just he's it's sort of a dog whistle to the neoconservative base of the republicans it's a dog whistle to the military industrial complex it's a dog whistle to i would say the um the the israel lobby in some ways right that hey listen if you elect me if you donate to my campaign i'm on your side with keeping ourselves entrenched in the Middle East. I'm on your side of even expanding it if I have to. I'm actually even on your side in saying that Russia's the bad guy. And let me get to that clip as well, because that's the most, these are the most telling things when I'm listening to him during this interview. And nobody challenged him on it, obviously. It's a, uh, it's a town hall. He gets to talk, he gets to say his views, but I don't even think any of the news sources, uh, I don't think anyone picked up on that, but I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm just thinking to myself, he's pandering to the to the right wing at this point. He wants that neoconservative base that's still for uh, foreign intervention. He's looking for those neo neocons from, you know, the weekly standard that that ran away from Trump. And he's going to get those people to donate to his campaign. And that's why he was saying, I think it was wrong. It's wrong for Donald Trump to try to pull out of Syria. And I'm going to run on that. It's wrong because Iran's going to have a foothold along with Russia in Syria. Listen, guys, we've never been invited. America, American troops were never invited into Syria in the first place. America essentially invaded part of Syria. And there's no way there's no way around saying that that's the truth. If you're not if you're if you're a country that goes into another country uninvited, you're technically an invader. And American soldiers, America has our American soldiers are in Syria. Americans have a military several military bases in Syria, and they're supporting people in the north of Syria as well um, with weapons and so forth. The fight against ISIS, yeah, that's the rationale.
but America was never invited into Syria in the first place. So it's an invading force, and he wants to stay there uninvited and keep those military bases there. And I think that that's wrong. And the only reason why he's saying that is because he has to pander to the right in order to get that those donations, I'm sure. But he probably wholeheartedly believes it as well. And that's the scary part because that's I feel like that's what this country is getting away from. Uh, I mean, I can't really say that. I feel like the Republicans and the Democrats have sort of switched on this thing. But a lot of Democrats are still, you know, slightly anti-war in their, I guess, in their personal views. They don't really express it deeply. But anyway, um, let me get on to the next clip and you'll see what I mean when I say that, when I talk about Russia, because that's his, that's his next step. That's his, the way that he's going to get even more people on board with him uh, from that neoconservative right. One country represents the single biggest threat to the U.S. There's no doubt in my mind that is, it is Russia. Russia is an enemy of America. Uh, Putin is a cold-blooded killer. This president has turned a blind eye to Russia, and every single day what is going on is Russia is doing everything possible to disrupt our democracy, our elections, and we're not seeing it because it's cyber warfare. And in many ways, this will, and this is not to sound hyperbolic, in many ways what Russia is doing is an act of war. Russia is an enemy of America. Make no mistake about that. But you don't think China is? China is a fierce competitor and not an enemy. So as you just saw, he says that Russia is the number one enemy of America. Russia is an enemy of America and it needs to be stopped, essentially. And then they, then they challenge him on that. Isn't China? No, no, China is a economic competitor, but Russia is the real enemy. And that's the scary part right there. So that's the escalation. That is, that's the next escalation in the war movement, the neoconservative movement, is to start another Cold War, and that's what they want. So I think that he's pandering to that. But anyway, guys, go ahead and subscribe to the show and come back and listen tomorrow as well. I'll have another show for you on Friday. And uh, go ahead and hit me up at ionthempire.com. That's my, and you can also find me that Twitter handle as well, at ionthempire. But subscribe to the show, five-star rating and review, and come back on, come back and listen tomorrow to have clear vision for 2020.